0: West, this is a red letter day in season 4 of Star Trek Enterprise because Travis Mayweather actually gets something to do.
1: Drives the ship.
0: He gets to he gets to pilot that shuttlecraft down and he brings uh let's just say the Mako that is most likely Balthazar <laughs> Edison
1: with him. <laughs> The mako with a certain level of melaton not melatonin, melanin. Melatonin might be because he's just sleeping in the back. <laughs> he's very, <he's> very <laughs> sleepy. <laughs> it's funny those two words are so similar to each other. Kirk, any-
0: it's so hard to stay awake <laughs> on the Enterprise when it's there's a- nothing to do.
1: It's just that sound in the background. The engine noise just puts you right out. Mayweather had something to do. He's been MIA for a little bit, but here he is piloting a shuttle, getting shot at. Flying got lines is, and everything. Is this the episode where he does the the trick that they never expect, which is to fly up and then back down again? Is that his episode or am I? No, oh, I, I I missed it. I don't, I, I don't remember. <laughs> there's one where he just he flies up and the ships go past him and then he flies back down again and is behind them or something? Genius. Yeah. Well, thinking that, fourth dimensionally can't ever can't ever get it what you want. We're going to be talking about it's just awakening, right? It's not the awakening. It's just called awakening. It is the eighth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on November 26, 2004. It is two of three in the Sirenite arc, six of seven in the Vulcan versus Andoria arc. We're getting close to the end of that one, it looks like. Oh, wow. That's Wr- it. Six of seven, huh? Written by Andre Bormanis, directed by Roxanne Dawson, in-universe date, not known, 2154 is the year. In this episode called Awakening, Archer and T'Pol encounter the Syronites, the radical group supposedly responsible for a terrorist bombing on... Vulcan. glad do you remember what we talked about last week? Uh, nope. We talked about the fact. You thought
0: this was going to be a lot of backstory to what the Sierra Knights were
1: about, right? I did think that. Yeah. More specifically. Is that what you're talking about? We, we, yeah. More specifically, we thought that with the casting of that guy who died last week, they were going to be drawing distinctions between the Vulcans more clearly and that there was going to be a, the Syronites were going to be the more traditional Vulcans and the high command were not going to be that. Did that stick for you? Do you think the show did Uh, that? Finally,
0: (laughs) finally, yes, it did. uh, When they literally basically turned to the camera and said it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it finally, it finally stuck that they are retconning the uh, enterprise era uh, Vulcans out of existence.
1: I, so I I have to admit something here and you can tell me how you want to proceed with it. Mm. Reading the patron comments for this one, I think a patron comments for this episode and tells events that happen in the next episode. Okay. And I, I I read this and I think there's a substantial spoiler in it. Um, so I am now unable to go on what I thought was happening in this episode based on what I, Think might happen based on some spoiler that is not even telling me what happens but implying something that's happening here so (laughs) so what i would have i would have come into this
0: maybe possibly thinking about entertaining the idea of spoiling something
1: i would have come into this episode pretty annoyed at this point with the Vulcan portrayal in this episode. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like mm-hmm. awful. I think that because we're basically at the end of this arc, I only have a couple more episodes to really complain about the Vulcan portrayal in Enterprise. So, and I know that maybe people are tired of listening to me complain about it, but I think that the Vulcan portrayal is absolutely key to this storyline and this trilogy, and I think it's awful at this like I if you were to I'll try to base this on how I reacted to the episode while watching you know, on the Patreon. If you were watching this episode, do you lose anything by making the Vulcans not Vulcan, but keeping the script exactly the same? If you change it into some other no-name alien race, right, outside of Mm -hmm. a couple lines where they referenced logic... And some characters go like, are you questioning my logic bitch? <laughs> like, so outside of things like that, would, did these Vulcans feel like Vulcans to you? Do any of the Vulcans feel like they're Vulcans? Um, not particularly. No. Uh,
0: the Vulcan high council feels pretty interchangeable and the Sirenites feel pretty interchangeable. Um, I think T'Pau
1: is a terrible yeah. actress in this role. It, like I, I was expecting the stoic Vulcan thing from her. And she comes in, she's mm. super emotional about everything. She, says, the, she yeah. says all the words, but she's like, I need to do this because this is the way forward and blah, blah, blah. It's another kind of problem of um, when they try to flesh out the Vulcans, it seems that one thing that the series and the franchise always wants to do is it wants to give them like a religious totemic way of interacting with the way that they are. It, it no longer becomes mm-hmm. this like atheistic or non-tribal uh, thing. They have totems that they want to worship. They have these like statues yeah. and stuff. They have, they have this like yeah. grand ideology behind everything. It's no longer this scientific approach to life and being rational about things and not lying and trying to be like a good person and a good steward of the universe and stuff. It's like they're wearing the robes. Archer in this one finds that totem when he walks down the hallway ten feet that apparently no one walked down the fucking hallway yeah. to pick the thing up. Yeah, I it, was I was like that.
0: baffled by that one. I was baffled by that when they're like, we've never we've been down here for thirty years and we've never even found a clue as to where the totem could be. And Archer just like looks over his shoulder and goes, "Did you try that, Taylor? You get down, down that door ten feet?" That's and then probably- they walked. Yeah, they walked like twenty five feet. <laughs> <laughs> there's a giant. There's a giant stone door that looks like there might be a totem behind it. Maybe we should, you know, touch it. I don't yeah, know. it's it's weird. I the the Vulcans. I I always get a little bit confused with the Vulcans, and maybe this is a product of the the portrayal of them in this show because they always end up skewing into this weird like religion. Thing with them, and it never feels like it sits very well with me because of who they are as a like the idea behind them is is very atheistic and and very you know like you are saying logical and rational and and scientific. Yeah, um, you think they'd have no time you've you've got, for ceremony,
1: really? That's the way I picture Vulcans. Would yeah, be yeah. like we don't need to have ceremonies, and uh, even like Spock's little like when he passes the test or whatever. It's like this feels too formal mm-hmm. for Vulcans. Like you think that Vulcans would just kind of have a. A rubber, like a stamp of approval, and you've you've passed the thing or whatever, but it always takes this very religious, overtoney thing to a species that I think is distinctly set up to not be that way. Yeah, I
0: can understand like almost religious levels of focus and like meditation. Yeah, yeah, because that because they are so much about you know internal focus and and uh, balance and stuff. Um, but yeah, once it starts getting into like. uh uh, ancient ancient uh doodads and secrets and shit i don't know it 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 doesn't feel like it it lands with me and especially i think in this one you bring up a good point where it's like the the syrianites are not markedly different they just are religious yeah and so what this is feeling to me like i every this whole episode i feel like was could have been a uh, lightly retouched episode of Deep Space Nine with the portrayal of uh, the Sere Knights and Archer basically kind of being a resurfaced version of... uh <sighs> uh the prophets and and uh what the fuck is the name of the race the i'm blanking on it the jorans yes like it had like it had that kind of feeling to me as soon as he got that thing in his brain last episode i was like oh good he's the chosen prophet yeah. guy now yeah. um so yeah it's weird it, it's it's it is a strange thing to talk about how these vulcans are incorrect but never actually portray them co- quote unquote correctly yeah um And yeah, I I do agree with your with your initial point that I think if you change this out, uh it's it's the same no matter who it is. Like they could be searching for the lost totem of, you know, Kalis's fertility (laughs) statue or some shit. You know, it's
1: (laughs) Yeah. It would have to be someone less drawn than the Klingons. To me, this just feels like generic alien Star Trek race that you bump into. It feels like it it feels
0: like it could be a Romulan thing, frankly, because the Romulans are so uh, thinly drawn at that point, for the most part, um, but I guess you can 't do that because they 've never seen rhalds before, but
1: whatever mm-hmm. the
0: um <laughs> never stopped anybody from doing something like that
1: <laughs> what you what you can imagine i i i, I was I was fairly disappointed with this episode i don 't think that yeah. the i don 't think that this this arc had been fairly hyped for me as a decent one, and i don 't think it 's ever going to get to that place mostly because I don't think that this series is capable of doing what I would want them to do with these situations. It it really feels mm-hmm. like it really feels like it has a problem that it wants to fix, which is the early portrayal of the Vulcans. It has enterprise storytelling mentalities behind it, which are going to drive the only way that you can have the story go in certain situations like that. And it's also it it has this newer Trek tendency, which ties into the more modern versions, which is that everything becomes incredibly personal and small. There, there's no longer a sure. sense that like the, the ship is this small speck that's flying amongst a larger universe and kind of bumping into situations. I think Surak in this episode says, you're now the chosen one, Jonathan. Like I chose to go <laughs> right, into your yeah. brain and stuff like that. And only you can save the Vulcans and set them on the path that they need to go. Speaking of which, I hate the portrayal of Siroc in this. This is like one of the yeah. – like. I, you have to – this is the Jesus of the Vulcans. And this guy's like, hey, Johnny, good to see you. I'm a little ill from the radiation <laughs> poisoning, but how about you go fix things in the future for me? I've been hanging out in this dickhead's brain for three decades or whatever. It's like this guy should have been – he should have been speaking in like – lines of wisdom that jonathan arch is like i gotta write this down what is this guy talking about like this is insane shit and he's dense he's just a guy dense nuggets of uh (laughs) dense nuggets of
0: vulcan Vulcan, uh abstract uh logical rationalizations where (laughs) it's so rational that it becomes like the thing from The Princess Bride where he's like, Well, I know that you know that I know that you know that you know that I know that, I know, that it's not this cup. So now who's the logical one, Jonathan? It's like, That's oh, right. these these people are morons. Um yeah, it's it's yeah yeah, they're 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 giving you a essentially a Vulcan god, and he's just a guy. Yeah, just a guy. You know? He's supposed to be he's supposed to be the uh the 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 basis for this for what you know as Vulcan, right? He's supposed that's he's supposed to be the the basis for that. Yeah. The template that they, they all just they all tried to copy. Hu- yeah. Yeah, they should have just hired Nimoy and put a beard on him or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just just we the, the one the one we kind of got a nail. Maybe we go back to the source and and get either him or a Sarik in here. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if Leonard was dead by this point, but uh, Nimoy was certainly. Oh not. no, 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 the Mark, Mark uh, Leonard. Oh, was, the other guy, yeah. Mark Leonard. Sorry. Yeah, Mark Leonard might, <laughs> might have been dead. Um, I would agree. I so, and Surak interestingly, isn't even really important to this at all. He, he's, he's there to sort of convince Archer, I guess, that this is that the, the, everything that's happening to him is real. But I don't think that it's it's a very slight thing, and I don't think that Archer or the audience gains anything from spending a tremendous amount of time with Zerok, but I thought it was incredibly depressing that this is the best version that you're gonna get out of him. It felt honestly, it left you underwhelmed that this is the guy that the Vulcans build their society. I not you didn't you don't get any idea of like why the Vulcans would choose to be like this guy. He's yeah. just a guy Isn't who's that dying. Real?
0: Isn't that more realistic though? When you finally get down is. to the truth of it, you always go This fucking guy? Joseph Smith? This con man? This guy? I mean, that's the one thing that I thought through that entire Nexium documentary. Every time they showed that guy, I was like, This guy?
1: Not him. This this th- what's that? <laughs> yeah, that's not, yeah, not this guy. Not 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 this guy. Not yeah, the guy I want.
0: This this volleyball playing motherfucker is the guy that people are <laughs> ruining their lives <laughs> over. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Um yeah, I I don't know why they don't give you a little bit more. Uh I mean, even even making him look different or something, like give him bigger ears. I yeah. mean, I don't know. He's two thousand two thousand 2000, maybe, 2000 years
1: old. He even dresses the yeah. same. You think he would be dressed differently? You think that I don't you're not given a lot of context cuz he he obviously doesn't interact with anybody else in the dreams. Just Siroc's mind is sort of wandering around waiting for stuff. He's not even Archer doesn't come upon him meditating or anything. He's just hanging out. No, he's just like hey, no, John, like how? I wouldn't you think you need to I'll explain you, this guy's mind being stuck for two thousand years yeah. with no one to talk to, and he's just like, I have to yeah. meditate, otherwise I'll like, I don't know. Yeah. I can't talk to this Cyrano guy anymore. <laughs> he's so boring.
0: All he wants to do is wander the desert and muse.
1: I'll be telling. I'm telling you, John. Uh, when that sandstorm came. I was I was hoping he was going to get one right in the chest, and he, I was hoping he pass me. I new. got the boogie board and I hit the waves, baby. Uh,
0: yeah, like the scene where they where they show him for the first time. Actually, it was very reminiscent to me of um, uh, the Tim the Enchanter scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, because yeah. Archer's just wandering around, and then there's these explosions just going off in the background, and he's like, "Who are you?" And he and he even does the line almost where he's like, "There are some who call me."
1: Soraka. <laughs>
0: I thought he was gonna say Tim. Tim.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Do um on the other side of things, so the Syranites let me down with their overly emotional. Also, and just like uh just because she's in the Syranite camp, this episode also feels like and this arc feels like a way of we know the show is getting canceled. Let's kill off some of the characters who are not gonna come back. They kill off the admiral. They kill off T'Pol's mother. Right. It, I don't mm-hmm. know why T'Pol's mother needs to be in this at all, really. The, oh, I'll tell you why. Okay, go ahead. I know why.
0: Because if T'Pol's mom is dead, she don't got to be married no more, baby.
1: Well, oh. Okay, so maybe this is pulling utility out of her death and bringing her in. But it, needless, yeah. it, it all feels kind of clunky. It feels like the show is just is washing its hands of a bunch of stuff, and I think T'Pol's mother is one of those things. So jumping to the high command... Very, i was just just one more thing on the last point very anticlimactic
0: death too like i didn't i like they didn't even see, usually you can see this stuff coming a little bit or like you'd have some scenes where they kind of make peace or whatever but that never really happened i, I guess you don't have to because obviously shit happens in these yeah. situations and people can just randomly die That's but it, it was it was yeah yeah um it was unlike Most TV shows for her to just kind of be there. They only kind of interacted and then they killed her just because somebody, they needed to kill somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought that actress was fine, but I just, I don't think Tapal has gained anything from her mother being in the show, really. They're like, besides forcing the marriage, which then just kind of blows up in her face because her mother comes to this camp for everything. You know, it's, it, it ultimately all becomes very pointless. So, anyway. Uh, do you have any thoughts about Tapal, Tapau, before we get out of the Syranite stuff? I just thought these Vulcans are all awful. I just think they're terrible.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they were they weren't particularly memorable. Um I uh I wasn't a ai I wasn't a huge fan of um he's got siroc in his brain because he got mind melded. Well, what should we do? I don't know. A super mind meld. Maybe that'll work. Yeah,
1: from behind. I, get that, him from that, behind. That's the yeah. way to get it out. Of him. <laughs>
0: Make move the take the top off the coffee table so he can kneel on this rock base. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know what else you do in that situation. But uh, um, well, in their you excuses, maybe,
1: when it fails, she's like the ghost of Surak has decided to remain in his head. It's like this is the least Vulcan thing I think I've ever heard. In my like, what? Yeah,
0: what's going on? You would think you would think the way it would go is Archer's like, hey, uh, I got us here. I brought this guy back to you. How about we get moving about getting this guy out of my brain? Because I only (laughs) got room in my head for one one person. And I got three in here right now. If you count Cyrano, who hasn't Is it Cyrano? What the hell's his name?
1: Cyrano. Something like that. Saran. Something
0: like that. Cyrano. Cyrano de Bergerac. He's pining for some woman in the desert. (laughs) Um, You would think that, like, he would come in hot trying to get this out of his head. And then Tapa would be like, well, if... If Serak uh, chose you, it is only logical that you must stay. That he must stay inside your brain. Like yeah. you know what I mean. Right. Like it would be the rational, logical he, he, extrapolation of that is. Right. Is well, it, it, this must be on purpose. We can't. He's go the most logical the Vulcan we've
1: ever we've encountered. He's thinking he's playing 4D chess, and we don't understand. He needs to yeah. stay in your head. Yeah. yeah.
0: He has not seen a water polo game in 2,000 years, <laughs> and he knows this is the guy. <laughs> to get him back in the pool.
1: It was his one emotional weakness was water polo on Vulcan 2000 <laughs> years ago. I cuz I think that there's I I think that there's a lot of clunkiness to the script of this episode where it feels like it needs to get places where the whole yeah. m- getting Archer to undergo this thing as you just said makes no sense from the Vulcan point of view who would think that a uh, Surak must be in his brain for a particular reason, but these Vulcans are like we got to suck it out of his brain, so we're going to put you through this process that'll probably kill you. Okay, Jonathan, we're yeah. going to force you. Cut to cut to Jonathan who goes, yeah, okay. And to Paul goes, no, you don't yeah. want to die. And he goes, Nah, fuck it, I, I just don't want this thing in my head anymore. And he un, he doesn't he doesn't fight back against the thing that they tell him is going to kill. He has no reason for a going along with it or being against it really. And it's just like they, right, the script is yeah. not giving Archer any agency or any like direction that he should go he's just there because this thing is in his brain
0: yeah yeah it's it's a very um it feels very plotty which is ironic because there's not a ton of plot to it it's just sort of like he hangs out for a bit they try the thing it doesn't work and then he finds the uh the, uh, the, animus, the the Animus, the Animus fragment yeah. from the Vulcan level of Assassin's Creed,
1: very planet. tenderly holding the triangle of logic. Well, <laughs> I mean,
0: it's a thousand something. Uh, you know, honestly, to be fair, that sequence, the one thing that I did like was I liked when they came across like the mummified, yeah, the Vulcan, dead Vulcan body, yeah, yeah, and he just knew who he was, and they were kind of talking. I liked that. Yeah, I, I don't like really that know too. what you do more of with that, but it, it kind of felt like like if they had done more of that kind of stuff i think i would have been a little bit more into it but it, it, ultimately having cirac in his brain well again there's only there's another episode left but as of yet it does not seem to hold much purpose other than just uh um preservation of of his own spirit or whatever
1: i'd be down with more sarah coming out of archer as opposed to seeing him literally on the screen you know if like if archer's just having these sort of moments of recognition about like oh this is my old friend from 2000 years ago um comically to me at this point like to paul has fully embraced the scully from x-files where she still doesn't believe (laughs) literally anything that's happening yes Uh, so (laughs) yeah that's that's an annoying characteristic trait he
0: even brings up the time travel thing and she's like well
1: I'm gonna change the subject. <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah, she's she refuses to accept something close to home. Like she she refuses to accept mind melds, and now she refuses to accept that sarah could be in this guy's brain. Archer, for some reason, knows all the shit that he should have like no reason to know, and T'Pol doesn't understand it. Anyway, we're done with the Serenites. She's gonna be she's
0: gonna be very confused when the Serenites take over and everybody, in the span of less than a hundred years, start acting like they were all Sierra the whole time and yeah. nothing was ever changed.
1: All right. So before we get to the other side, here's my, here's my problem with this one. I read, um, I read Darren Mooney's review of this episode and he liked this episode. Um, mm-hmm. he brought up a couple of good points. He brought up something that I did not really think about, but I think is true, which is that this is actually in some ways a more subtle allegory for nine 11 than the previous season. It's subtle. I don't know about subtle. Well, man. it's, <laughs> It's subtle in the fact that there is no – to me it's subtle in the fact that there is no – the downside of this and why I would disagree and say that this is not good against Darren saying that's a good episode is that what they do is they take the sort of happenings of 9-11, strip out Mm -hmm. any logic or any kind of rationale for any of the actors to be doing any of the things they're doing – don't explain yeah. what the point of view of each of the groups are. So when when people do things, they're just doing it because they they do it. And right. a, as we said in the previous episode, Archer has never said what do you Sirenites even believe? Like why are you so different right. than the yeah. other Vulcans? No one cares about yeah. any of that stuff. And it's stripped out the nine eleven thing, and it turns the Sirenites into the kind of like the high command is supposed to be like America invading Iraq or something. And like there's the bombings right. that are going on, and they're you know it's all that kind of stuff. But I don't think that this religious order of Vulcans has any point of view that makes this either like an inversion of 9-11 or it has any kind of commentary on 9-11. It's just the trappings of it, and it's so devoid of yeah. meaning.
0: I I would, I would don't think I would say that it is an allegory for 9-11 itself, but I would say it's an a pretty clear allegory, and I'm not saying it's a good one, a pretty clear allegory for the Iraq War, mm-hmm. uh, which I think are two different things. Sure. And uh because they they pretty literally at, at one point have the stand in for the US government go yep we think the andorians have some weapons of mass destruction yep. so we're going to go over there and start a fight over there it's like okay all right well this is this is more blatantly like this is this is a big one where i would be like they have to be doing this on purpose right like you know we we had we had been putting the uh the 911 Umbrella over yeah. everything since that on this show, and I forget who so somewhere along the way someone pushed back against that. Or I don't know if it was someone who actually worked on the show or what, but I I remember you talking somewhere that someone was saying one of the oral histories what they said were it doing intentional. Yeah, 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 yeah. So something like this though seems so clearly aping. What is actually happening in the real world? Soval has a line
1: that says the high command monitors all communications now. You know stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So
0: they they have a they have a Patriot Act. Yeah. yeah. And then they invade Andoria and because uh, <laughs> they, they, they think they have weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. yeah. So like I, it doesn't get clearer than that. But also because that stuff was so zeitgeisty at the time, I could believe someone who worked on it being like, "Oh shit, I didn't even realize we did that." Sure. So I don't know. Do, but do you? I do think. Do you think the
1: episode I do benefits think that there from is, it? From that stuff? No.
0: I don't. Okay. No. Because it's I, I agree with what you're saying where it's like there's no there's no meat to any of it. They're just they're just doing it to like copy they're you they're using these signposts for the sake of using signposts and they're not saying anything about it. And there's no like meat to why they would do this. Yeah. You know, it's like in all in so many of the movies afterwards, after 9-11 that people uh, site as being referential to 9-11, have all this nine eleven imagery. It's like, yeah, I, sure. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Batman in the Dark Knight is standing on the rubble of the World Trade Center, but so? Like, right. What is that? Are they trying to say something with that, or is that just an image that they're using?
1: Right. It's hard to um, not think of that when you see a pile of rubble on the ground at this right. point. Right, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, especially in two thousand six yep. or whenever that movie came out 2003 i forget um so yeah I, I i don't think it benefits from that if that's what they're doing because it feels like it's being done fairly haphazardly um i mean the <laughs> the only thing i could say it might benefit from and this is not a benefit this does not benefit the episode itself but what year did this come out oh four oh four so that's f- pretty early as far as pushing back on the idea that Iraq should not be invaded because they don't actually have weapons of mass destruction, and there's a huge overreach from the American government—yes, like that was not the vogue opinion to have at the time. You know, that's why the Dixie Chicks fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um. So, like, you could say they're they're actually kind of ballsy in doing that, but I don't think it is in service of anything in the episode itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I would always just come back to like because the the Andorian bomb stuff at the end just feels kind of like it's a way to get to the third parts. I don't think it's bad. I don't think that it's yeah. it's not uh, anything uh, that should have been avoided. But I really to me what it comes down to is it's like trying. This episode would be like trying to do nine eleven or the Iraq War and not explaining what the rationale for the attack was in the first place it's like well, what's going on to be honest to be honest what it does is it's actually
0: saying 911 was an inside job
1: is what it's yeah. doing yeah that's, that's- it's basically this is the star trek in this this episode (laughs) yeah
0: this is the star Trek -er version of bush did 9-11 basically is what was what this is yeah so i don't know if that 9-11 allegory is the most constructive one to use
1: no that's that's the thing like it to me it doesn't feel like it has a coherent point of view about it it's just pulling the the acts that followed 9-11 and sticking them into a star trek episode like including Yeah, yeah the other the other on the nose thing is the um arch is like we're Americans we don't we find people who attack us and we go fight them and then she goes well it looks like all you did was walk around in the desert for two weeks or whatever and it's like okay well there's the kind mm-hmm. of a pointed criticism of the Iraq yeah, invasion sure. and stuff like that but i for like the greatest failing i think of enterprise is kind of encapsulated in this is that this is probably the first outside of the modern trek shows this is the first of the old guard of trek shows that doesn't really feel like it has a point of view about anything. It's just yeah. it's like, yeah, we're just going to do this stuff and this is going to be the the beats of the episode. <laughs> TNG had a, an ethos, as goofy as some of it was, but it had like a point of view about what they were, the show was supposed to be doing. DS9 definitely mm-hmm. had one. TOS definitely has points of view. TOS has a schizophrenic point of view, which is fascinating because of all the writers had different views about Vietnam. So you had pro Vietnam episodes, you had anti Vietnam episodes, and it was all mixed together into one thing. This Mm. doesn't have any point of view. It doesn't have anything to say about anything, even not even just about the political climate. It cannot extrapolate current events and put them into lore in a way that makes it satisfying to watch. It's like you think you're going to learn about the development of the Vulcans no, sorry, the head Vulcan is going to be boring as fuck and the rest of them are just going to be the worst Vulcan actors that you've ever seen. And they're not going to have a single conversation where anybody debates the merits of Vulcan lifestyle, which is supposedly what this entire trilogy is about, determining how the Vulcans yeah. go forward. Yeah. And no one seems to want to talk about what the political argument is here between these two. It's just that these are the bad guys and they bomb us while we live in the desert. Okay, okay. Go talk to him. Why don't you go walk down into the high command, which will bring us to this third part. This is where I'm going to have to start. Do you want to hear what this Patreon thing implies? Um, do you want me to yes. dance around it? Just just say it. Just you, just you, had, it. you had say met, it. You had said it earlier. What's the species you brought up randomly earlier? Romulans. Romulans. So yeah. there's some kind of Romulan involvement. Are they, is this, is the
0: theory that the old, that the Enterprise Vulcans split off to become the Romulans?
1: I'm, what I don't know this. My assumption is, what it seems to be is that it would seem that the attempt that Enterprise is going to do is to fix things in the previous Enterprise Vulcan portrayal by having the, the VLAS or whatever, the head Vulcan guy who is clearly losing his shit and no one seems to be questioning him about anything that he's doing. I think they're going yeah. to be Romulan infiltrators who are doing something here, right? Would that make really? sense? I, that would make more sense to me. Yeah, okay. That's, uh, I, I don't, I mean... It does not fix all the problems. It fixes, it adds a kind of gloss over things to make it yeah. seem like there's a reason that all of them have been acting this way. I mean, it, it makes more sense to use them here than it did in Picard. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> but the only yeah, way that i, I can understand I think... the only way i can understand that head honcho guy acting all crazy and all the other vulcans who are just like you are you're killing all these people just standing behind him as he's like pressing the button to bomb the place they're going like you shouldn't be killing all those people down there as he's yeah, as he's yeah. screaming about shit as he's like running around saying like kill them all we'll abandon all the treaties <clears throat> The only way this makes sense to me is if this is some kind of Vulcan infiltrator or Romulan infiltrator who is trying to destroy Vulcan society for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I,
0: I think it fixes the the problems of these few episodes, but I don't think that fixes the general, Why they're all generalized, like generalized portrayal. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's like a Hydra situation where the the Romulans have infiltrated all of Vulcan from the you know, the people who right. push the pen. So the rot goes deeper. I mean, the like show. in that
1: case, the high command would basically all be Romulan sympathizers and the Sierra Knights of the tree. Yeah. Or Vulcans. like, or
0: like, you know, half and half or some, yeah. secretly half and half or something like
1: that. Cause we were complaining Which, about Soval sure. and stuff in the earlier seasons. And yeah. the, only, the best thing that this trilogy did was reconcile the character of Soval to me, who has probably the best scene in the two episodes so far is when he's talking to trip. And, um, Trip has the, he's like, we spent a lot of time with you, and you, you never said that you liked Earth. He's like, well, I spent thirty years there. I enjoy Earth a great deal. He's like, well, you never showed it. He says, thank you. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's kind of clever, actually. That's a, that's a very yeah, good way good to one. handle why Sovol was such an asshole and, and never said anything good in a way that makes sense. He lived, he lived in a mining town right. for a long time. <laughs> hmm. But the rest and of it encountered zero racism. <laughs> The rest of it, and I don't know, I could be way off, but I know that this person brought up Romulans, and that's the only thing that I can see because I'm still wondering how they're supposed to reconcile the portrayal because everyone tells me this is how they reconcile what happens with the earlier Vulcans. This is how they explain why the Vulcans are acting that way. It must be that. Yeah, I I mean,
0: given that... I mean, I I hate to speculate on it. Yeah, since we don't we, we don't have so to for too to long because it won't it, be that.
1: Right. And and if if telling you like, I guess I tell you that. And just to bring it up, just because it's impossible for me to discuss what I think is wrong with this episode. If hanging over sure. it is this sort of Damocles of they're not really Vulcans, then it goes okay. That all kind of sure. makes sense. I would still argue with the storytelling way that they've done this. And I, I think that if this is done as some kind of like last minute reveal in the third episode, what is that? Yeah. What, what was that? You just, you just pulled <clears throat> that the wool my eyes.
0: Well, I feel like that is, uh, uh, yeah, I can very easily see that being the button to the third episode is, is being, oh, they're actually Romulans. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how they handle that uh, if that is what ends up happening. Um,
1: what do you think of the high command? I, Sorry, uh, you can you can go off of that, but th- there's a lot of high command scenes with that guy T Vlas, or Vlasti, or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, just, just to round out the other stuff, uh, I I do I think it's tough to use that if if it is Romulans. I think it's tough to to use that as a, as an excuse outside of these three episodes. Um, because of the 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 how far and wide that would have had to spread for it to be the case. Yeah. Um, but what that does do for me, even though it doesn't really make a lot of sense, is it kind of says that the enterprise version of Vulcans is they don't think that it's wrong. And that these bad Vulcans are actually wrong. Right. This probably doesn't make a lot of sense, but it like unless unless they do make this like hard left turn to going to all being uh, sirenites after the third episode the reveal that it, the the high command guys are romulan infiltrators all that says to me is this guy who's way over the top he is not the right kind of vulcan he's a romulan mm-hmm. but these other guys who we've watched for four seasons who you more than i have picked out as not really acting very vulcany there's nothing wrong with them you right. know what i mean yeah so i don't know i don't know we can obviously talk about that more when uh when when it doesn't happen um <clears throat> as far as the high command i did the one bit that i did like that i i'm always i'm always fascinated with these shows about how they can very quickly sweep plot lines away or just come up with a reason to move on past them when they need to Uh, when they were talking about the bomber in this one, it hadn't even occurred to me to use this as an excuse, but Vlas or whatever goes, oh, he was a serenite. It doesn't prove yeah. anything. It's like, oh, that's actually a pretty good dodge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. We found he's probably in a jail
0: cell somewhere. Yeah, nobody's talking to him. He's in a. He's probably in the brig or in in, in some hole somewhere if he's still alive. And yeah. they just say, oh, yeah, he was a Serenite. It just proves proves our point. Known Serenite.
1: Well, um, here's my problem with the hike that high command scene, right? It, so I, this is the thing that it doesn't justify how Archer and the Enterprise and the humans in the series have treated Vulcans to this point. At this high command mm-hmm. thing, you're, you're, the the implication seems to be that this is like a unilateral decision where there's one guy who decides literally everything that goes on in Vulcan society and that the other mm-hmm. like members of the cabinet or whatever... Don't put up any kind of fight against him. Like they, when he starts, bomb, when he starts trying to like lay the trap work for the enterprise, all the, all the other Vulcan can do is just go. We've been allies with Earth for a hundred years, and you're going to throw this all away. And he's like, we have to do whatever we're trying to do. It's like, why? Why are there yeah, no yeah. Vulcans? So, the, and that also disproves that they can't all be Romulan sympathizers, right? Because that guy wouldn't put up a fight in that case to be like, yeah, of course we're going right, to do this kind right. of thing. So, there must be some Vulcans who have this incredibly um dictatorial government that they can't do anything about, and they also don't talk about stuff they just they just sit there and they just absorb all these things that go on it just it none of it feels like Vulcan to me, and it's it yeah. Yeah. It just comes back to the thing of if you replace all these guys with another race, I don't think the story changes whatsoever. I don't think this improves by being no. Vulcans, I don't think it gets worse by not being Vulcans.
0: No, I do think if if the Romulan thing, if if it's not that all 12 or however many people in the high command are Romulans and it's like 3 of them or 4 of them or something, then that really uh, is putting the other 6 or whoever on blast That's for it. just standing around. <laughs> right. And not pushing not, back at all not pushing at, back at all yeah nobody there's nobody in there who's like uh excuse me ambassador or high Vla- whatever, vlas, vlas is his name vlas you yeah. seem to be uh you seem to be acting a little erratic <laughs> here for someone who as logical as yourself right The you you the highest like there's in, nobody else in there except yeah. for soval soval's the only one there who's like you guys shouldn't be doing this
1: yeah no it's it's extremely strange that's the kind of thing i um it's the kind of scene I was always expecting one of them to resign. You know, in protest, they don't even protest sure. it. They're yeah. just like, they're just like, yeah, you're killing them. Look, look at the, listen, man, this season
0: four, they're trying to save money. If any of those other Vulcans open their mouths, they gotta get paid. That's true. Yeah, and so. That's why they're all just hanging around in the back, just nodding, going like, yes, this all makes sense. The only identifiable
1: Logical. one is there's one who has black hair. They all have gray hair except for one who has black hair, and he's yes. the only identifiable. And he's the
0: young guy. He's the young guy. He's, he's, he's not, not trying to rock the boat. Right, he's, he's not just, asking questions. He's trying to figure out. He just got there. He doesn't even know where the faculty lounge is. He's just trying to make sure he gets to the next deck.
1: All right, we got a bit of a time crunch, so let's wrap it up here. The patron comments will come in, and you'll hear that comment that I read. And you were going to hear it anyway, because I would read it here. So I guess I didn't spoil anything for you. I just I just politely asked if it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, Thanks, everybody. <laughs> uh, we will be back with the conclusion, which is Kirshara. Maybe next we, we I would have liked to have done another 10 minutes on Archer finding that totem because I thought that was absurd. I thought that was well yeah. we mentioned him that That, that was <laughs> That like that could have
0: been its own episode, yeah. you know? Like yeah. that could searching the tomb of whatever for the totem and then you learn about the Vulcans or some shit. I don't know.
1: Hopefully the next episode just I, has two you, background Vulcans who are like I was just down that hallway Earlier today, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't see the kashara down there.
0: <laughs> you know, I never th- that that one light bulb at the end has always been. <laughs> it's never gone on when I hit the flip switch, and so I just never went down there.
1: I can't believe That's, it was down
0: there. I I I don't even know what they're gonna. I guess they're gonna use that thing to suck his mind out it, or something. Is that be. the point yeah. of it? Yeah. yeah,
1: it must be. It has yeah. to have a special power. Do you right? think
0: it? Do you think it's gonna go into Tapau or do you think he's gonna like <laughs> turn into a new entity or something?
1: No, shape? I think it's going to He's gonna float off and the Vulcans will have to get along without Siroc. That'll be the lesson. It's like we we form our new society based on his teachings, but he's gone now, and it's up to us to forge our own path. And a little cloud will just Here's fly out do. of Archer's head.
0: You have you you have them fight over it. Vlas is fight because you know it's worth something. I don't know why. They're fighting over it, and then Sarak, because they're both touching the spike thing, Sarak goes into Vlas's brain like in scanners and takes over his whole body. And so now Sirok is the new high council guy and he is powerful and pushed Vlas out of out out into the the nether, whatever. (laughs) So that's how you switch everybody over.
1: I would just I would uh, yeah, once he's in it, I they're fighting on a cliff, right? And once he's in Vlas, Vlas just goes like, What have I done? the only logical outcome is to kill myself. And he just plummets off the edge of a cliff as Surak Arch like rides him by holding his ears all the way down and then just disappears once Ar- it's over. Ar-
0: Archer's hanging off the cliff, right? And Vlas is, is, like, is about to step on his hand and drop and The only thing he's got in his hand is the spike, that pyramid thing. <laughs> and so with the last gasp, he jams it into Vlass's side. And then Vlas steps back and he sees the point sticking out and he goes... Fascinating. And then <laughs> falls over dead.
1: <laughs> I'd given the point—the point in the ear. Make a reference to it was Lenin who was killed that way, right? So he gets a, he gets this oh, pick in the go. ear, and we can we can say that this is some sort yeah. of historical allegory. <laughs> they're
0: going to find they're going to find Vlas uh, hiding in a spider hole in the middle of the desert, like because it's an allegory, and that's how they found <laughs> Saddam, right?
1: Yep, I could see. What that. was
0: the name of the episode? The next episode. Kirshara. That's if you ever have a daughter, you should name it her Kirshara. That's a beautiful it's a, name. It's a, it's a nice name. Yeah. Sounds vaguely ethnic. And then good luck explaining that to anybody. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> My dog is named Pliskin, and that is hard enough.
1: Well, it's this totem that archer found in 30 seconds of this <laughs> middling episode of the fourth season of Trek again. Anyway, let's go to patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show because we're done, but that's the best way to do it. To support us, patreon.com slash the Penske file. You get a bunch of stuff, extra podcasts, all the good stuff, and the captain tier gets a special thank you. Special thanks to Sam Custer, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Cal, uh, Injury Charles Calbert, Barrett, Mike Burnett, Matt Ross, Mike, Christian Pouch, Brendan Howells, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Nick, Sergey, Grim, Santos, Sean Bradley, Killen, Dwayne Hackett, Darth Mars, Volta, the Teen Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Russell Edge, Stephen Minton, HH28, Nick the Rat, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob123, PointXG, Patrick C, But Dave Davies, Johnny Franceschi, Captain Brazen, Eric Tranton, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Larry, William Scheissler, Rahean Jaffer, Silent Blues, Zay Majors, Olivier Pardier, Diz Edmark Ed Markstar, Retail, Grapple John's On, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter, ZWNF Remixes, Captain Munchausen, James McLennan, Beale, Jonas, <laughs> Tommy Tango, Two Vicks Must Die, Chris McLaughlin, and Mutilated Puppet. Thank you very much for supporting the show. We got to go. We got to go. We'll go to Patreon comments. Patrons leave their thoughts. Do you, are we in a time crunch? I'll just blow through these. Is that good?
0: uh yeah we we're we don't have to be you know super tight but sure I'll, sure. Get,
1: I'll read these uh and we maybe we can comment on everything at the end. Matt Ross says, Our slow, almost emotionless journey through Vulcan issues has the highlight of the entire three-part arc of the interactive memory of Surak, which brings a whole new dimension to what McCoy was going through in Star Trek 3. I'm going to move this over here. The fact that the item our heroes are looking for is just down a pathway has been in the front of people who've been searching for two years is very funny to me. How logical could Surak have been to store his manifesto in an oddly-shaped pyramid? As to the evil of Vlas and his manic obsession to go after every obstacle with an emotional conviction is pretty bizarrely ignored by his subordinates and everyone else the enterprise flees yet again it's interesting how soval is almost an Earthstat first officer and i begin to wonder if the writers were afraid to not have a vulcan on the bridge uh three, it is three it is really of like it is really like
0: th- that it's that secret room was at the back of like the walk-in pantry they had
1: yeah it's they nope, just opened just, the door. They've
0: been storing their beans in there and, and just nobody b- bothered to take another step in.
1: But yeah, they bring the thing out and it's those two guards earlier. It's just like, that's the Kershar I I've been walking past that thing every day. I've been using that to make orange juice in the morning. I thought that was the toilet paper holder, but I've been shitting back there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't uh, you didn't go around to the back of the altar, did you?
1: No Sirach's, reason, just asking. Surak's spirit smells like feces. Hail, Siroc. <laughs> Thomas Darnell says, Young Tapao is pretty awesome. It was really interesting to me that Vulcan seems like the height of a stagnated, unchanging culture through most of Trek lore. But here we are following a group of dissidents who are going to take over the planet as a real tipping point. I also love the shading of Siroc. Siren chose Archer for a reason. Yeah, he was dying and Archer was within his arm's reach. Five out of five. Five out of five. Cal Barrett says, Awakening, wow. if you thought the conclusion... I think I missed Cal's last comment on the previous episode. I apologize, but here's his one for this one. If you thought the conclusion of the temporal Cold War was the end of Archer's messiah complex, think again because now <laughs> he's embracing his inner Paul Atreides and becoming the messiah of the desert people, although the show navigates the white savior problem by only ever casting white people. It feels very much like the middle episode of an arc with no beginning and no end, but it's a good arc, so fuck it. Cute, young Pow is cool. Soval is still awesome, and it's neat seeing that Trip has developed into a capable captain after struggling with command in seasons past. Tapao, who I wish would be my valentine, tries to control Archer's heart and soul and avoid a soul destruction while he talks to Surak like, like they are intimate strangers, albeit without the sex talk, these are capitalized too, and the high council rage and plot like a bridge of spies, but the Spock once said, only Nixon can go to China in your hand. I really hope Englishman Tapao, named after the character, are big in America or this comment will make zero sense. It makes zero sense to all Americans. Four Vulcan corpses sourced from a skeleton farm in India out of five is the band
0: to really named after the character from this probably because i i only just came across that group i thought person or whatever and i was like oh that's an interesting name and then it came up in the show and i was like oh maybe i'm maybe i'm misremembering what they are yeah but I, maybe that's the truth because this because is a character from the original series yes. right Yep. yeah yes yeah. Right, which, which, right.
1: a little bit more credence they're not they're not naming it after <laughs> this to but but to Topau from the original series just really made an impression latte librarian says this gets an automatic three stars for actually passing the bechdel test does it what do they talk about that means anything i guess the relationship between Tapal and her mother could have been done and better and having her mother die in her arms was a bit too much but i still appreciate it four super secret but dust free doorways out of five grapple john love
0: for this episode
1: yeah, Grapple John Zorn says, I always like when Enterprise tries to fix stuff, whether it's problems of its own making or Ronberries. Don't get me wrong, it never actually fixes things, but I always want to give it a pat on the back for trying. So good job for trying to fix the Vulcan mess you made for yourself in previous seasons. Pity you didn't make a co- coherent character story out of patching up Archer's relationship with them. Instead of doubling down with rounds of smugness for everyone, I might have actually been able to swallow the premise. The Archer and Syrox scenes were marginally satisfying, but I didn't care for much else. One and a half failed mind melds out of five.
0: Did you know that the name Duran Duran comes from the movie Barbarella? No. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's the name of the villain in Barbarella. Okay. First time I watched that, everybody's running around going, we have to bring them to Duran Duran. I'm like, well, I don't blame him.
1: He's <laughs> probably pretty good. Tickets that are available. <laughs> Tickets available. I yeah. It's top 10.
0: Got some good, good songs.
1: Yarpy says, The story of Asshole Vulcans continues. The writers must have figured out that having Vulcans being very different from how they were depicted in later Trek shows, Robert Foxworth is always good at playing assholes with authority. I always thought that not having Vulcans being a bigger party of TNG or DS9 was a missed opportunity, so it's nice to see them depicted here even as assholes. I would have liked to have seen more scenes with Serok, but runtime probably restricted it. Four obligatory robes out of five. Brandon Howell says, I have questions. Why are the Vulcan High Command all so old and so male? Hell, why are the Vulcans all speaking in English except for when T'Pau tries to remove the Katra of Surak from Archer? Is T'Pol being overly emotional by crying when Tules dies? Can we endure another week of Robert Foxworth's overacting? 2.5 collapsing sanctuaries out of five. Man, dueling Robert Foxworth opinions. Yes, yeah. Uh, Robert Foxworth is as divisive <laughs> as this episode. I guess it's fitting to have him cast. Royo says... Awakening, a Vulcan civil war with Romulans plotting in the shadows. Now, there's a premise that will pique a Star Trek fan's interest. The trilogy is almost Tolkien-esque with just how the world builds with landscapes and culture, and I love it. This episode also serves as a love letter to search for Spock. Spoke, he says, <laughs> it says search for Spock. I assume he means uh, Spock. With the way that it handles mind melds and Vulcan culture. And seeing the Vulcans assert themselves militarily is an interesting development, given how little power they wield in the Federation hard to imagine, but I think this trilogy was really the first time the Vulcans appeared to be long to be long to no longer be of one mind but to be capable of dissent in their own logical society four out of five and i 'm just noticing Kyle has responded to this i don 't know if I get notified about responses to comments, but it says don 't spoil the Romulans this not revealed until <laughs> next episode, but the comment remains so. <laughs> does it really say that that's Kyle 's comment is a, a reply to that comment nice thanks kyle <laughs> that's
0: that would have saved us 10 minutes of conversation
1: <laughs> he has a little scared face emoji too after after that so mm-hmm. well now we know romulans are coming what are you going to give this episode of the awakening which i think skewed high from the patrons point of view uh yeah a lot of fours yeah. and fives uh i i think i'm going to give it a three mm. um
0: Cause I don't, I don't love a lot of it, but I do think this season is starting to fall into a bit of a groove with these three part things. Where like by the end of this episode, I was like, okay, this is an interesting place to to leave this. Where you've got uh, the Enterprise is under attack, the sh- the shuttles out there trying to get Archer. They got the spiky thing. The, the mother's dead. Like they they've kind of figured out how to how to leave things. Like really throw things up in the air at the end of these second episodes, yeah. Um, and so by that metric, I'd say yeah, it's a pretty decent second episode. But like, I, I think and I think it suffers from less of the enterprise stuff than than it has in the past. Um, but that being said, yeah, I, I'm per- the the Vulcan stuff has been pretty lackluster, and but you know it, it's yeah. it's fine.
1: I think I'll give it a two. Um. Yeah. I think I have to punish it a little bit. I, <laughs> I. I don't. I think it's kind of a messy episode. Um. It it doesn't yeah. give me anything about the Vulcans. I don't think it gives me anything about. Uh. What this. Uh. Like. What what the the problem is between these two? Like the key to this trilogy is the difference of opinion between the sirenites and the high command I think and if it mm-hmm. it's evaded that because now it's it's took it's taken that question off the table and said this was all done because the high command wants to attack Andoria and it's like okay right like right yeah whatever like I I, I almost feel like in the context of enterprise I'm all for Andorian Vulcan and human hostile interactions because it'll be interesting to see how they reconcile that. But in a, in a trilogy that's supposed to be dedicated about to figuring out how the Vulcans became the Vulcans that we all know going forward, why are mm-hmm. we being distracted by this now at this point? I don't sure. care about Andoria. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that this is um, not as this is not up to snuff uh, in terms of what I would be expecting and what I think that they were yeah. promising me. Yeah, they they
0: the, the I agree. I think the the biggest problem with these episodes so far is. The conflict, well, the conflict is is creating a a, stra- a straw man or whatever in in order to motivate the attacking of Andoria. Yeah. But like th- this central idea that the regular Vulcans are different than the Syranites, they kind of just say that. It's just kind of like, well, they're so different.
1: Yeah violent. that's kind of it, yeah you they're know? different yeah in they attack like they, us. those are the, those are the two
0: yeah, things. and there there is no like you're saying there is no battle of ethos or anything, it's just sort of like hand waving to get you to the next thing, yeah um so in in that sense, yeah i I don't think it's very successful as far as that goes because it it does just feel like it's a stepping stone to into the escalation of of the war
1: here, yeah, just compare this to the augments arc, the middle of the augment arc. <clears throat> That episode is yeah. great. The middle one, this one yeah. is not mm-hmm. as good. It, like, it's clearly yeah, just not definitely. as good as that. It's two opposite ends of the spectrum. I'll give it a two. Definitely. Clay gives it a three. We're done. Thank you very much. The next one is Kirshara. It's the ending of this conclusion. I assume it's the seven out of seven in the Vulcan Andoria arc as well. So we'll get a wrap up of that. Is that a Mr. Mister song? Kirshara.
0: Kirshara. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeffrey Combs will be appearing, I'm assuming, as Shran next episode um so we'll see we'll see how this all wraps up and we have to figure out how the Romulans are involved in this and how deep the rot goes you have anything you want to say uh
0: <clears throat> thanks for checking out all the other shows badass is on its way out it might actually be over at this point um well when on its way out i mean season wise we're almost done with the series of Batman: The Animated Series, and then we'll be taking a break and coming back with uh, Batman Beyond, probably. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Rotten Hard Picture Show is trucking on, and on Patreon we are still covering the Friday the Thirteenth series. In our, to September we did Jason Goes to Hell. October we're doing Jason X, which Wes will or did join us for. depending Yeah, I on think I think we, we might be
1: in November by the time <laughs> that this comes out. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Uh then November. November will be freddie versus jason which i'm very excited about so oh, nice. that'll be fun
1: that's it thank you very much patreon.com slash the if you want to support the show let us know what you thought about awakening i did not like it let's see if the third part can reconcile my uh reconcile the people what people have been telling me with what actually happens here but kind of a letdown i have to say we'll have more to say next week when this uh, wraps mm. up so thank you very much for listening we'll see you later